Good morning, everybody, um, and welcome back online. Um, not ideal, I guess, um, but here we are. We've had a few weeks where we've been able to be together, and now for various reasons um, we can't uh, meet, uh, but here we are. Um, we've still got the opportunities of 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock, I guess, and we there's um encounter this evening. Uh, if you can come to that, please do come. Again, we have a capacity. We've not hit, got anywhere near capacity for that yet, uh, but there is a capacity somewhere um, between 50 and 60, maybe slightly more than 60 people, maybe up to 65, depending on who comes with families and stuff. But um, do come to that if you can tonight. Uh, we've, I think we've realised over the last four weeks or so that meeting together is so important. It's great to see the hunger for that um, from uh, people coming at nine o'clock as soon as we could do that back in July uh, which is absolutely brilliant um, but just that hunger for being with each other there's a real enemy scheme to shut us down not to worship and to uh, isolate us to push us back in inside our front doors um, and to be scared of going out I know the, the rates of infection have leapt quite considerably but it's still please hear me um, please hear me we've got to keep socially isolating we've got to wash our hands we've got to do um everything that the government the guidelines are and whichever tier we're in and all the rest of it i get that but it's still less in buckinghamshire it's still considerably less than 0.1 of a percent so 99.9 percent more than 99.9 percent .9 of people in buckinghamshire have had or have the virus so it's it's a very 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 small percentage tiny tiny less than 0.1 of a percent um have that uh, have had the virus in um buckinghamshire um i don't know what it is exactly for amersham and for chesham boys for a long time there were no infections in our area um for a long time over late summer and, and into september uh, i think that's changed now um but it's still so so small please keep shielding keep um keeping up with the with the stuff but um let's let's be aware there's nothing to be scared of if we're in of if we're in christ then we're in the safest place possible uh, no matter the circumstances um so i just wanted to start with that and so yeah here we go we're back we're back online and let's make the most of this johnny's let us worship beautifully that it's coming uh be a worship and response chris topping and tailing and it, you know, we know how to do this guys and let, so let's do it well um i'm going to talk to you now about the limits the limits we have of our freedom and that actually we need to recognize we need to recognise that uh, the freedom we have, and we don't know our limits, know what's possible in our freedom, because sometimes we can take our freedom and do stuff and get involved with things that, while it's okay because we're free, is possibly not good for us. You know, it's, you know, God says to us, we can, everything is available to us, but maybe not everything is good for us. And uh, so we have to be aware of these things that happen. You know, we want our kids to be free. They can play with anything. But if they come, I think Nicky Gumbel, for, I heard this first. If the kids come and say, um, Mum and Dad, we want to play sword fighting with the kitchen knives, um, we say no. Because even though the kitchen knives are there, and actually when the kids are in a position to use them properly for what they're designed for, then that's fine. But to play sword fighting 
with kitchen knives that are dangerous the answer is just no so um We've got to know our limits. We've got to know where things are and where things are going. So let me just read the passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 13. I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptised into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, but they drank from the spiritual rock <coughs> that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. It's the generational thing. The generation didn't get out of the wilderness because of their fear of the enemy. Now, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 of them died. I wonder what that was as a percentage of their population. We should not test Christ, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken. You accept what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. <coughs> Heavy stuff. So, kids, I've got something for you. Um, there's something new. If you, I'm look, looking at myself on the camera here. If, if Somewhere from here, right? So, not in the bottom half, but this, see where the line of the cupboards are? There's something new behind me. So, it's from here upwards. There's something new on the shelves, and if the first person to let me know by WhatsApp or email or text, um, if you've got those, first one person to let me know on Sunday will get a prize. And you know with me the prize is always worth having. Well, it's always edible anyway. Um, so and it's, there's something new on the shelves. There's something new behind me. I know it's been a few weeks, but... There's stuff there that's always been there, the cars and the books and goodness knows what else, but there's something new up there. And if you can if you can see it, uh, tell me what it looks like and tell me what it says on it. And if you know what it is, that might be a bonus. Um, so if more than one of you get it right, the bonus would be um, having a guess to what it actually is. So, something new behind me. What are we going to say here? Paul is writing to the church in Corinth because he doesn't want them to be ignorant. God doesn't want us to be ignorant. He wants us to see the lessons in scripture. He wants us to see the lessons throughout church history. He wants us to see the lessons that our ancestors have all um, had to learn the hard way so that we don't have to learn it the hard way. That's why Paul's telling them. He's saying them, don't be like the guys that went before because you have a chance not to be what have we got going on here verses 1 through to verse 11 verse 10 um firstly he's he's reminding them of the journey through wilderness that the israel that israel went on <coughs> moses led 
the people out of the prom out of Egypt into the promised land well he didn't actually did he led them out of Egypt he led them to the edge of the promised land and at the edge of the promised land they got scared apart from Joshua and Caleb all the other people got scared they saw what they thought were giants and described themselves as being like grasshoppers they got full of fear they got full of insignificance and they forgot how big God is and how if God has spoken something it is yes and amen it is true if God has spoken it is true so Paul is saying look at what happened to them everyone was baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea basically what he's saying there is they all followed Moses uh, they followed him out of Egypt out of the plagues and so were willing to follow him and they went through the Red Sea uh, when it was, was open they, so basically they identified with um, Moses and with the people they ate the same spiritual food um, so they again they had the same experience they had the same spiritual drink when Moses hit the rock and the water came forth they drank, drank from the spiritual rock that encompassed them and here's Paul saying with hindsight the rock was Christ so they were drinking from God's provision and that is found supremely in Christ so here are Israel on this journey from captivity in Egypt to freedom and the journey isn't a direct one it should have taken them less than a few weeks from Egypt to Canaan to the promised land and bang they were sorted but they went Egypt to the promised land oh we're scared so God took them for 40 years a whole generation of people around the wilderness they wandered following the cloud and the fire the cloud by day and the fire by night uh, but they were identifying together as a people what's the equivalent today is it baptism they were members of the people of God for us as Anglicans it, it is baptism I guess as, a, um, as um, infants but many of us have been baptised or renewed our baptismal vows but we, we decide to be together they've experienced God's grace they've experienced God's love and they are members of the people of God and we'd all say that we're members of the people of God we're not Israel we're not Jewish in, in that sense now though some of us have Jewish ancestry so do I and um but we're members of the church we are baptised into Jesus we um, eat the spiritual food and drink the spiritual drink we take communion um, and we drink from that rock which is Christ, yes but God is not pleased with them that people who whose fear and insignificance were left in the wilderness the generation that died in the wilderness and didn't come through with Joshua and Caleb into the promised land even Moses because of his anger and his frustration um, and because of his lack of faith at points does not enter the promised land only Joshua and Caleb do now this doesn't these aren't people outside this isn't Paul saying look at the Egyptians look at the Babylonians look at the Philistines look at the Amalekites look at the Girgashites whoever it is he's saying no this is Israel these are the people baptised into Moses, eating the food, having the same experiences, identifying as the people of God, yet God was not pleased with them, most of them, because their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And then he says in verse 6, this is why he doesn't want you to be ignorant. These things occurred as examples from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. 
So guys, what I want us to do today is to see these examples, see that example that we can be part of the people of God, we can be part of church, we can be part of a family together, which we are, and we're an awesome family, but there can be things that are still not right, that we have to put right, um, not because we are able, but because God, give, by his grace, gives us the, the authority and the power and the desire to do it. So I want us to be aware, not in ignorance, I want to see the two examples. First one, first one is the distraction that can, call, that can cause us to miss what God is doing. I think that's happening around us a lot at the moment. I, I, I'm involved with a number of things where there is revival. We're seeing God move powerfully. We're seeing things happen which are just amazing. But religious voices fearful voices sometimes in positions of authority are coming and saying no 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 shut it down shut it down close it down we don't want it to happen we're scared of that we don't want that to happen happens every time there's an outpouring of the spirit uh, and sometimes it's church leaders shutting it down and that's not helpful sometimes it's people within churches shutting it down and that's not helpful um, it's fear fear of what god might do is an amazing thing to get stuck in and it but they get stuck by lots of distraction they get they set their hearts on evil things on earthly things um to guys can we see what's going on in this example and apply it to ourselves let's have a look do not be idolaters as some of them were there you go we 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 did that a few weeks ago we did that first one down at uh, restore hope didn't we we built those boxes and we smashed them to say we don't want these idols in our lives but look, Paul goes on here. The people sat down to eat and drink, normal thing to do, but indulged in revelry. This is the distraction of getting stuck on the good life, getting stuck on um, the entitlement to having enough food and best food and to having all the, the revelry. We can party. We should be able to party. We don't, we're not going to keep just to six people. We're not going to keep socially distanced. We're going to party, party, party. No, it's not right. It's not right. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. They sat down to do something normal, but it ended up being something that distracted them from God. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. You know, sexual relationships within marriage, uh, within a family, uh, um, context uh, between a man and a woman are absolutely God's given gift to humanity. But sexual immorality, look around watch the television see what's going on fish through social media for a bit the sexual immorality i don't just mean us being prudish and not liking this and that and the next thing but the sexual immorality that is out there is scary and even within the church the acceptance of certain sexual things now is just uh well it's contrary to the word of god and it's as simple as that it's not about being homophobic it's not about excluding it's not about being negative or horrible to anybody of any whatever because we still love and we still want to encourage and we still want to include in christ but but and do not test christ as some of them did you know do we test him don't do we test him the idolatry that's there the revelry the good life the sexual stuff the indulgence the testing god and then this last one don't grumble don't grumble. I quite like that word, grumble. Don't grumble. 
Never guess what the vicar's done now. Never guess what we've got to do at home group. Well, the, the, the church aren't doing this. Church aren't doing that. Well, one of the emails we got about the parish centre saying that we're desecrating the, con- the converse, conservation, not the conversation area, that's be good, but the conservation area and it's sin. One, it's, we're not desecrating the conservation area and actually being obedient to the voice of God. I don't think is sin. I think it's obedience to the voice of God. Anyway, stop grumbling, as some of them did. They were killed by a destroying angel. Grumbling seems a bit odd to go in a list with idolatry and sexual immorality and revelry and indulgence and testing God. But there it is, the grumbling thing. They were killed by a destroying angel. Here are the things that we have to be aware of. We mustn't set our hearts on idolatry, revelry, the good life, sex, indulgence, testing God and grumbling about each other about what God has or hasn't done, what the church has or hasn't done. Don't do it. Paul is clear. These things have written, written down as examples, were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages come. We're 2,000 years later, and this is still true for us. But I don't want us to leave, leave us in that place. Do you recognise those things? Let's pray very quickly in the middle of this. Let's pray. Lord, we're sorry where we've indulged in revelry, where the sexual thing has passed us by and we've been asleep to it. Lord, we're sorry where we've tested you. We're sorry where we've grumbled and moaned and complained. Lord, we turn from these things and we say we don't want these idols. Like we did the other week, we kick them out. We we stamp on them. Bind and rebuke any demonic activity behind it. We choose to walk in the opposite spirit in a holiness a holiness of life an obedience to you Jesus and a place of joy and thanksgiving and Lord where we think we stand firm help us to be careful where we think we stand firm help us to be careful so there's the first distractions dealt with all those things and I want to leave us with three things that I think are we just need to be aware of I don't want you to be ignorant remember we need to be aware of three things and then they're in the last two verses here if you think you're standing firm be careful you don't fall be aware of any pride because we can easily say well look we're doing better than the church down the road the Anglican church down the road that doesn't preach the gospel or the non-Anglican church down the road that's not as good as what we are because blah 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 no stop doing that comparison thing stop doing the pride thing because it's no good for us so firstly be aware of our pride secondly verse 13 no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind so we're, we're in the same boat and God is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear so be aware of our pride yes but be aware of his promise that is here God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Hear that. Sometimes it feels like it. A word was given recently um, from one of our church members at a prayer meeting. When we're feeling overwhelmed, that's the point at which we press in and go further and go further and go further. Because that is so important. We feel overwhelmed, but the truth is we can go further. God is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear we can bear so much more than we realise because of Christ in us 
So be aware of your pride, but be aware of his promise that he is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And then finally, be aware of his provision. When you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. If you're stuck in a place of temptation, you keep giving in whatever it is. He will provide a way out so you can enjoy it. Guys, I, I want to leave us with this, and I'm going to pray in a moment. Let's leave us in that place. Yep, there's idols and all that grumbling and all that stuff that we've got to see it and apply it and realize we've got to get rid of it. But and we've got to be aware of our pride. But hold on to these promises in verse 13. Verse 13. Once we are aware of our pride and come back in humility, we can say, right, we're in the same boat as everyone. No temptations overtaken us except what's common to mankind. But we've got God. God is faithful and he will not let us be tempted. He, his promises, he will not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you will not let us be tempted beyond that which we can bear. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, thank you that the temptation is there and you went through temptation. But thank you that we will not be tempted beyond what we can bear as we trust in you because you are faithful. That's the first promise. Thank you, Lord. And the second promise, when we are tempted, he provides a way out. Let me pray. Lord, show us, each one of us individually, where we're being tempted so that we can see your provision of the way out and help us to take it. Lord, thank you for your promises. Thank you for your provision. Lord, we give you our pride and walk in humility and agreement with your truth. Your promises are yes and amen in Christ, and your provision is always faithful. Jesus, thank you. Guys, it's so simple. We were stuck in our sin, and Jesus provided a way out by dying on the cross for us, so that we can be in this place. Guys, don't be ignorant. See what's going on. See the distractions. See the pride. But also, grab hold of the promise that God is faithful and grab hold and start walking in the way out that God has provided. He is good all the time and there is a way out and a way through what we're experiencing at the moment and on we go because he has started to revive his church. He is pouring out his spirit, not just breaking through, he is pouring out his spirit and we are walking into that place of revival it's happening let's choose to be part of it in Jesus name Amen I think we're going to respond in worship if we're not I think Chris might say, do you know what over to whoever's next